Released in 1997, The Full Monty is a film about a group of unemployed blue-collar steelworkers in Sheffield, England who form a male striptease act to make some money. The follow-up series, which picks up a quarter century later, revisits the residents of Sheffield as they strive to survive in a world that may have passed them by. On this podcast, we discuss a recent installment of a different series every show. Today, that's the pilot of this eight-hour Hulu-slash-Disney series. It's June 15th, and you're listening to today's episode. I know it has technically been 25 years since the movie came out in 1997, and I hadn't even heard about the movie up until like a couple weeks ago, but 1997 doesn't feel like 25 years ago. Oh, it was before I was born. So yeah, it was I before know. you. I was only a few years old, but still, I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, it's, that's actually something that this show addresses, yeah, because right? you see every one of the main actors from the original film well, show who are up again. In their like 40s in the original and film? And they are so old now, especially Horse. In fact, that play, that fact into his storyline because he's like it looks the oldest out of all of them Paul Barber <laughs> but all of them like especially seeing the movie yesterday and comparing it to how they look now yeah it's crazy so so staying with the movie from yesterday that you watched uh first of all you watched it on Disney plus no or did you watch it on HBO I Max think I or? watched it on Max okay um and so what'd you think of it I would give it four out of five stars I found it really enjoyable it's like a quick 90 minute watch and overall, like the show, it, the movie, I did not expect for the storyline that I had about strippers trying to make some money and all of them just being so strapped for cash to hit, for it to have the type of heart that it did. And this TV show also has a lot of heart to it as well. Well, it's did just, you know that the movie was originally, it went up against the Titanic for Best Picture of the Year? Wait, what really? It was nominated for Best Picture? It had a bunch of BAFTAs. It, it even won some Oscars. Not for Best Picture, though. That makes a lot more sense because I did check the Wikipedia for the movie and I saw that like the budget was something like $3 million, but the box office was something crazy, 200 like $260 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, well, that's insane for the type of movie that this was. Why? Because it seemed like it was just such an independent feature. It seems like there weren't that many actors and it really not that many locations. And it's a movie that I think kind of, uh, it, it relies on the characters' interactions. What would you compare it to? Uh, I would say the in-betweeners. That's that's one thing because kind of the outcast storyline. The comedy? I'd say, yeah. Also, I had, I don't know why, but train spotting. Coincidentally What do you mean you don't know why? The main actor is in train spotting. Yes, I mean, like, you have the main actor. They even asked Danny Boyle to direct it, and he said no. Because he wasn't impressed by the story. But train spotting <laughs> is a lot more raw. There's a yeah. lot of like dark humor to it. The and so this Monty, isn't as dark. Oh no, the full Monty, I feel like, is a really lighthearted film. Sure. I had seven facts to go along with the fact that it came out in 1997, but we just went over a couple, like the budget. I'll give you the rest of them, though. It was released days before Princess Diana's death, and only a couple months after Tony Blair was elected as prime minister. They might, okay, so they do address that because at the very beginning of this TV show, they go through this, uh, like montage a one minute montage and they say it's been 26 years since this event happened and it's like seven prime ministers like it's it's been that sure, long sure. and like eight i think events where either uh where do they live uh, sheffield yes. has like had to go through different region changes well even well. at the time like the workers had been displaced that was part of the reason and it just hasn't gotten better right. and that was part of the reason they brought back the tv show why do you think this tv show exists i honestly can't tell you you don't you don't <laughs> think that the director or 
or the person who created it really had like a vision or do you think that like the actors just wanted to come back like if you had to guess i would say it was probably something where the actors wanted to come back because the difference between this and something like that 90s show or saved by the bell the reboot or how i met your father is that yeah in those tv shows you do have people from the old cast uh kind of being bought in to help the new cast but here no it really does focus on most of the main characters from the movie the only additional person that they really focus on is gaz's daughter who wasn't in the original film her name is destiny Destiny or des that's what they mostly call her in this tv show yeah so the real reason why they brought it back is simon bofoy who had been asked to make a sequel for a long long time right Mm -hmm. uh he actually has written slumdog millionaire 127 hours one of the hunger games wow that is a lot of everest trust in fact he brought in another writer from trust alice nutter to help him uh, write most of these episodes but um he basically said that because of what's gone on in britain and the uk he really wanted to readdress what these characters would be going through and not just like the ageism but also the healthcare there um and how that's struggling and politics just in general so really it was about the societal problems of today that brought it back not because the actors wanted to come back or nothing uh-huh. light it wasn't so that's what makes it funny how it's almost juxtaposed with how light the show can be because even mean, in the, the first show, episode actually right? i think the show is a little bit more darker than the film is one of the most poignant storylines i really did feel was horse and and like because horse is having to deal with that he's cut off from the outside world he was one of the dancers in the original films uh i think that the, one of the jokes in the original films is that they hired him because of how long his dick was okay but like here he's yeah like, so, yeah. so sorry sorry but going back to the original film what did you think of the climactic scene did you know that that was going to happen no you didn't know that in the full monty they were going to go the full monty i was wondering if well i mean they, they that's like the big question in the movie if they're going to show their dicks at the very end yeah. of it and you only get like a back shot of it that's the final shot of the film where you see them throw their caps off and mm-hmm. then but you see like the back of them the thing is i was sa- i was happy that we got to see the dance because i wasn't sure if we were going to see the dance or not i remember i was checking the runtime and there was only eight minutes left and the whole movie is about them pre- preparing for this thing so, so i was, was going to cut right I actually want to see it, yeah, and thankfully we actually did. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Probably I think it was most people's part. favorite part in the movie is the dance. Yeah. It's, it's been, like, done several times afterwards. I think even Prince Charles did it, but, like, not <laughs> the full thing, you know? Yeah, because we kept seeing different parts of the dance throughout, but uh-huh. we didn't see the full thing, like, come together. Correction, King Charles. But, yes, go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> should, should I go on with the other facts? Because I still have a few. Yeah, yeah. Okay, other summer releases back then. Men in Black, Face Off, Con Air. Um, Air Force One, Jurassic Park 2, Batman and Robin. It was a busy summer. <laughs> Con Air and Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, I think two of them had Nicolas Cage, right? Well, doesn't Con Air have Nicolas Cage in it? Con Air does. And Face Off? And Face Off, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think both were critically, they're very different. And what did you think of, a, I'll ask about the TV show too, but the language, because they printed uh, translating for, like, uh, translations for British slang <laughs> for the American audiences. Yeah. <laughs> like little leaflets that they would give people before they went into the movie theater. That is funny you wouldn't see that happen today because you need like. to watch with subtitles though i did yes oh for real <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that way not just with the full monty but i feel like sometimes any show like for example Peaky blinders on netflix i had to watch that with captions otherwise i could not like uh, discern anything that the characters were saying all right and before you talk more about horse and how depressing that plot line is uh the working title for the film was eggs beans and chippendales alan rickman turned down the role of do you want to guess who i can't even imagine gaz maybe no no no, no. uh tom wilkinson uh gerald 
Was yeah, that who? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because he plays he plays the boss in the original movie, but he's supposed to be kind of the actor that is older than everybody else. I would say that like they're all kind of in their mid forties. So is he? What is he like nowadays? Gerald, we actually, so that's something that this show does. We focus on Gaz, we focus on Dave, and yeah, we do see the others like Lomper and Horace and Guy and uh, and Gerald, but they are, we only get like kind of a few minutes of in this pilot episode. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that probably as we go later on in the show, yeah, we're the going fir- to get the more The first stories. episode's called Leveling Up, and it says it's all about Gaz because it's a wayward father. Gaz becomes a partner in crime to his daughter, Destiny, and when she finds herself in trouble. Yes, and I also want to compare this to Party Down, yeah. Because in the same way that Party Down brought back everybody, and then we had like a few new members, this uh, show does the same. A few exact Gen thing. Zers. Yeah. Yes, but Destiny. The difference between her and all those other people in those TV shows is that she wasn't annoying. She was like actually a well-written character. She. I thought had... the people in Party Down eventually came came into their own. But like, yeah, Talitha Wing has gotten a lot of credit for her portrayal here. Yeah. she is twenty six years old in real life. I was yeah, I was thinking so of she myself. doesn't exactly look like she uh, she. But but that's still before the film even came out. Like, mm-hmm. she watched it for the first time, I think, with her, like, grandparents or something. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, but Destiny, yeah. So she, like, she decides not to go to school. Dave, mm-hmm. apparently, is a security guard for the school that uh, Gaz's daughter goes to. And she just decides to ditch. She goes to a mall with one of her friends. And then we... There's actually not that many references to the original film in this TV show, which was nice because it's kind of annoying when TV shows are brought back and all they do is reference the first thing. Like, are you still happy you watched the first 90 minutes of that film though? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the full Monty as a film is fine, but the thing about the TV show is is that there's no, like, dancing. I thought that... Yeah, they, that they I, don't strip at all. I thought that old. what was going to happen was that it was one of those things where they had to go back and, like, do the dance one last time it was, to make money. It was money. the second email that the Simon Beaufoy said he, he sent. He was like, and yes, you won't have to strip. So you don't <laughs> have to actually watch the full Monty to enjoy this episode. Yeah. Like, it's not something... Yeah, you get the backstory I mean, would you say the that the, the show is better than the movie, though? I know... I uh, I think that like On I would equal footing, I would maybe? need to watch more episodes in order to really make that judgment call. Are you going to? Uh, I think I will. Yeah, because I really enjoyed this episode. So I wanted to talk about Destiny's storyline. She decides to get in a car because she's wanting to bring her friend back to the schoolyard that they're going to. Um, there was even this quick scene where you see the original seven or six, however many there. I think there's six, right? Uh, they are in this restaurant that Lomper, who was in the original film, is working for, called the Big Baps, and they're talking about how a dog has one brain got talent and as Dez has kind of uh, nicked this car with her friend and they're driving back the dog is in the back seat the dog that yeah. one friend's got yeah talent. I heard about this and it reminded me of a BoJack Horseman episode yeah oh it, it seems like something he would accidentally do and it, then he it was ridiculous but it was so funny because it was like these people were really wanting this dog back the yeah. owners of it doesn't it seem like something Todd and BoJack would like get yes. into the <laughs> midst of and then <laughs> by the end crazy. they would end up throwing the dog off a cliff accidentally and then someone would catch it like Mr. Peanut Butter and they save the day <laughs> but and how did they end this one like what happened here so Dez is freaking out about it because obviously they didn't know that this dog was worth that much because they decided instead of kicking it out of the car to bring it along with them. Is it a tiny dog? Yeah, I would say it's like a medium size. And this is doing tricks? Like if you have a dog that's one British, uh, that Britain's got talent, then you would think that it would be doing tricks. It's well trained. It can sit. It can roll over. We even see that happen when they first realize that the dog is in the backseat. But like what's its special talent? We never actually (laughs) see. We don't get to see the special talent. All right, all right, all right. So they go to Tobani, that's Des's friends, and because she sent a uh, selfie to someone, and they're like, oh, that selfie might actually be bad. That might be evidence that we have the dog. Because yeah. So then Tobani 
Bonnie decides to delete it from the internet because she's really tech savvy. Oh, no. But for some reason, she decided because uh, Des and her friend were making jokes that, like, uh, they should hold it for ransom to actually hold it for ransom for $50,000. So it was like... It wouldn't be dollars. It'd be euros. Euros, yeah. Or actually, it wouldn't even be... It would be pounds. Sorry. 50,000, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then Des goes to Gaz and is like, I'm going to need your help. We really need to figure out what to do here. And then uh, Gaz, at the end of the episode, calls the owners, uh, making it seem like he found the dog. Yeah. But then the guy, the owner, because there was a guy and a girl that owned the dog, the guy shows up, meets Gaz and is like, look, I hate this dog so much. It's like, there's a ton of things we have to do for it. TV adverts, uh, like TV shows. I need you to kill this dog for $10,000. And then Gaz is like, I don't want to kill this dog. I love this dog because we see it bond. Uh -huh. And then uh, at the very end of the episode, one of the reasons why Gaz decides that he's going to kill the dog is Nathan, who I believe is the same actor from the original movie, because Nathan is like 10 years old in the original movies. Oh, okay. No, yeah. And I think they got the same actor, which if that is the case is really cool. He has a kid. So Gaz is actually a granddad. And uh, the kid needs a new wheelchair because he has some type of disability. Uh -huh. And uh, the wheelchair is like $3,000. And Gaz, right as he's holding a gun up to the dog, uh, the, the dog covers its eyes and he starts feeling bad for it. And then he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to have to kill this dog anyways. And right as he raises the gun, that's when Des walks in because she, uh, throughout the course of the episode, got an offer to live with Gaz. Yes. And she decides to take it, even though at the very beginning of the episode, it seemed like they didn't really get along or doesn't want anything to do with Gaz. Uh -huh. And she sees Gaz holding this gun up at this dog. And then that's where the episode cuts. So you want to know what happens. It's, it's a cliffhanger. Yes. All right. Yeah. So this leads into the next episode. I thought it solved the situation with the dog, but no, apparently not. Um, did you recognize most of the characters? Not the younger ones, but the older ones. Like, for instance, Robert Carlyle, you would have seen him as, we said, in Train Spotting, mm -hmm. but also 28 weeks later, he's in the opening oh, of that. Oh, he's okay. also so in he's Yesterday. Guy who runs. He's right. also in Once Upon a Time, that uh, TV show. He, I think he played Rumpel Stiltskin. <laughs> um, and then Stargate Universe, he actually won an award for that. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Wilkinson, uh, you know where you've seen him? Selma, Eternal Sunshine. I feel Star like I've mine. seen him in anything. Michael Clayton. Yeah. But I, there are two that you will know for sure. So Mark Addy, who uh, played um, Dave. Right? Where have I seen him before? Because I know that when I was watching him in the original film, I was like, he's so familiar, I just don't know from well, where. Well, he was Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. That's where it is. That's, okay. He was also That's Fred him. Flintstone in the second Flintstones movie. The first one, I think, was, uh, I forgot who, John, John, uh, what's his face? Is, uh, John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman. Um, and then uh, Hugo Spear, who disappears halfway through the series because he was canceled. Okay, Because so... he kept on walking past his trailer nude or something. I did hear about that. Yes. Yeah, he said that he got axed or something, right? Yeah, but it's there's conflicting reports. The point is, he's not in the rest of the series after a certain point. He played Guy in the original film, mm -hmm. and Guy we only get a quick we only get a quick real scene of everyone except for maybe Gaz and Dave. But Guy apparently he has like a higher up at the school, and Jean, who is Dave's uh, wife, decides to confront him because the school that Dave is working at just has so many problems. They don't have enough funding. It's there's like uh, maintenance problems, and then Jean kind of confronts Guy. I think midway through the episode and it's like look I'm going to need people to come to this school and fix it up because it's just like a real mess but that's like really the only scene we get with him yeah alright yeah well he was the villain is shrink in skin season 3 and 4 you know who I'm talking so about so the cook thing yes yeah okay <laughs> he, he eventually talks to cook about something <laughs> 
anybody who's seen Skins knows what we're talking about. Um, the themes that they went over originally in the film were unemployment, father's rights, depression, impotence, homosexuality, body image, working class, culture, and suicide. You add in the healthcare questions, the politics in this. Is it too much, or is it just no? I think I think that it's I think it's it does a good job by kind of addressing all that stuff. There's not I a lot of shows we do this. I don't mean to interrupt you too much, but like there's not a lot of shows that we do nowadays that are so like down to earth. Yeah, you know, kind of just like again, working class, like just not super powery, not like and there's nothing that, very special. For that, I have to give this show a lot of credit because it, yeah, it doesn't really beat you over the head with these type of problems. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, when you're talking about the depression storyline, I think he probably is most closely related to that because, um, for example, he doesn't even have a credit card. He doesn't really know how to uh, how to do anything. Like he goes to a self service checkout at a at a store and apparently and tries he was, to like, buy things. A pretty good dancer in the original yeah so he was really probably sad. the most yeah he was probably the best dancer that they had I yeah think, for that to see him taken away like that ability taken away from him yeah when you just... first see him in a wheelchair just kind of blowing past some kids saying can you uh, excuse me it, it, it's shocking seeing him it was just like he had all this white hair he looks completely different definitely the most different from anyone else in the movie all right so main character though is still your favorite gas yes yeah i would say so and also dave has the storyline where there's someone that keeps on stealing snacks from the back cafeteria and <laughs> yeah. then he finally ends up catching them but and I think that this was a reference to the film because in the film he's kind of uh, worried about his body weight being made fun of in the dance and here he's trying to run after the kid but just cannot catch up to him after a while yeah. but instead of turning the kid in this is kind of where the heart comes into play he's like I can either go to the principal and tell him you've been doing this or you can help me clean up the gym and then the kid and him like clean up the gym so it was like you know had those like kind of nice not family moments but definitely where the characters are more uh, are more understanding. I so, guess. would you recommend it to everyone, or is there any like audience where you'd be like, just don't watch it? I mean, the the thing is, is that it's kind of edgy. I would say so. It's TVMA, right? That's what I assume. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it didn't have those edgy jokes in it, I honestly could see this being shown on like PBS or something. I was actually surprised to see that it was on FX. Do you want to get into the reviews? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. So I, I would give it an eight out of ten, though. That's what I'll well, say. Well, you gave it the four out of five for it's, the other one, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> But it's 50 minutes. I would say that it didn't need to be that long. I think it would work better if it was like 35 minutes or so. Some of the storylines kind of get to the predictable route or just are hinted at in this first episode that I feel like they could have maybe expanded on or maybe they will expand on in the next couple episodes. But I felt like we're just kind of thrown in there for no reason. Sure. So those are the only real cons I have for it, but 8 out of 10. Rolling Stones, Hollywood Reporter, Collider, The Guardian all gave it positive reviews. The only negative ones that I could find were when they said that it got a little too political, it dragged a bit in the course of eight hours, which I can see that maybe happening. In the first episode, they do go after cancel culture, and they do talk about how um, people are maybe too sensitive these days. That happens in the middle of the episode when all the original people are talking. So when you're talking about politics, I can understand where the reviews are coming from with that, but I didn't think it was too much. Do you think the show would have been a lot worse had they decided to strip? Uh... (laughs) I mean, probably, yeah. Okay. So it was a good, it was a good decision to it was a good, veer away from the full Monty. Yeah, in the full Monty. All right, here's a quick game. Uh, two of these are true, and two of them are false. But um, they're they're all about the full Monty. Ready? Okay. In 2000, the full Monty was adapted into an American play on Broadway, where the steelworkers were moved to Buffalo, and it starred a young Patrick Wilson. In 2013, it became a UK play written by Simon Beaufort himself, and premiered in Sheffield. 
um, before touring till 2015. Uh-huh. In 1999, the cast of Trainspotting and the Full Monty uh, took part in a celebrity game show called Show Me the Money, where Robert <laughs> Carlyle was heckled for not appearing on the Trainspotting side. Uh-huh. In 2012, an ad aired only in the UK for Magic Mike that included Gaz and Gerald's characters passing the strip club named Exquisite, which I think is Ma- Magic Mike's mm-hmm. strip club, and choosing not to go in. <laughs> so out of those four, two are two are real and two are fake. Okay, I know for I, I think that when I was I passed it on TV like a couple months ago, I did do some research and I remember something about a play. However, I don't know if it was a U.S. play, so I'm going to say that the U.S. play one was false. The Patrick Wilson one. Yeah, and okay. and I will say that the uh, Magic Mike one was false as well, even though I I hope that one's true. Okay, so the two play ones were actually both true. It was adapted into a play twice, um, the second one actually being written by Simon Beaufoy and premiering in Sheffield back in 2013. Um, Another fact I think that you'd be interested in is originally the cut that they did of the movie was supposed to be terrible. And so they had to have it like saved by a bunch of producers and stuff. And they were originally supposed to cut the hot stuff scene. Did they say why it was bad? Well, just because I like they had to do reshoots uh, uh, later on to add more runtime to it. (laughs) But I think it was just the order of events and maybe just the storytelling. But but they ended up making it work, you know? Uh, and also, they didn't tell the extras in the scene where they stripped that they were actually going to go fully naked. They didn't? No, they didn't so that was the organic, actual, the only people who knew, um, who weren't able to, like, suss it out, were uh, were, were the cast and the people directing at, at the, the time. At the very end of the movie, as we said, that's where the dance scene takes place, but it's like an all-women's club? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it would get away with something like that nowadays by not yeah, telling the extras. And Magic Mike and all those stuff. Oh, oh, you mean... Yes, by not <laughs> informing them that they were going to be going well, full apparently nude. Apparently the guy who played Guy didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, isn't this the point of the movie? Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, I just I recommend this show for anyone that liked the movie. And honestly, even if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would just recommend to watch the TV Good show. Good show, as 8 well. out of 10. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.